The following podcast was made possible in part from a grant from the Ann Babcock Foundation. Ann Babcock was a congresswoman who felt she got snubbed for the title of the peen congresswoman and is trying to spread the word and stamp out the Richard P. Neely Foundation. Ann Babcock would like you to know that she peed more places than Richard P. Neely. For more information on Ann Babcock and the places she peed, visited cup.org or cup.org. According to an article published on July 17th, 2020 by listenmoneymatters.com, there are 12 real differences between a rich mindset and a poor mindset. Resourcefulness, gaining momentum, risk versus reward, meaningful relationships, reputation, luck meets opportunity, celebrate others, mentor mindset, you can't do it all, embracing competition, know when to quit, and war of attrition. While we may never know how rich the author of this article is, it's fair to say that there may be something more important than mindset when it comes to getting rich. Being born into immense wealth, Wealth can be an important tool. It has the power to give a person an incredible life, but also the power to take it away. Brian Lind, a 47-year-old bungee jumper and tactical paper mache enthusiast, was on his way to the Rainforest Cafe in Tyson's Point, Virginia, when he went missing. Okay, well, we are back. Um, my name is Clark McCarthy, and I am here with... You want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Owen Ingmar? This is Owen Ingmar, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I've been, um, I've been, uh, as you know, I've been using Brian Lynn's social media accounts to project the idea that he's still uh, active and alive uh, in hopes of drawing out any nefarious individuals, and sometimes I get lost in his identity. I've noticed that. I've noticed that a lot. You you have been dressing a lot more like Brian lately. Like Yeah. Um yeah, I threw out all my uh Eagle well, I didn't throw them out, but I put all of my Eagles t-shirts from their reunion tour, their original tours, some homemade t-shirts. I put them in one of those plastic bags that you vacuum seal, put it under my bed. Not under as you know, I sleep on a mattress on the floor, but I put it under the mattress on the floor and have just been wearing primarily Brian's clothes. Uh, some shirts from his brother's adult bookstore and lots of cargo shorts, which I already owned. Yeah, no, I, I commend you for that dedication to really really tackling the case you that, that's sort of like a a metaphorically you vacuum sealed owen away and now you're like more properly becoming brian sort of getting into brian's headspace yes yeah 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 his headspace his credit score um his uh match.com profile um but enough about me how are how's uh how's being on parole house arrest how's that treating you Oh, uh, yeah, great news, actually. This week, uh, I was told by my parole officer that I will be allowed outside of the house more frequently. I'm giving a lot more leeway, which wow. I'm so excited about. So I've been doing a little in-person investigations here and there, just putting up missing signs for Brian. You remember in college, I was big into guerrilla marketing. Yes, do I? Yeah, so I have been taping like missing signs because anyone can tape it on a poster or on a wall they can take a poster on a wall or on a pole or something i've been finding local uh strays around town and i've been taping posters to them oh that's smart yeah and so uh it's it gets the word out a lot more people are like oh my god that you know that cat has a sign on it or sometimes you know, I ran out of it financially. I couldn't afford to do this on all of them, but I would attach like a pole out of some PVC piping and it would have a, a light up sign on top a of it. A light that. up sign? Yes, it would have a light up sign. What was the, what were the lights running on? Oh, uh, there's just like a battery pack. A lot of cats <laughs> found this very heavy. So it was hard to get a cat strong enough to run around. 
like that. Sure. But there's a light up. There's an artist rendition of Brian. Uh, I didn't like any of the photos I found of Brian. So I just sort of drew what I felt the essence of him was. And so a lot of cats uh, are, are making their way around town. That is commendable. Can I ask, now that you're out, how's it going with your parole officer? I know that there might have been some sparks or chemistry there. Were you able to have an, a meeting outside of your house? No, I'm not going to lie. Sherilyn is a beautiful woman. She's got a kind heart. You can see... You can see that she cares about the people she's a parole officer for. I, it's hard to get the vibe because I'm such a coy, shy man anyways. I, I sent her like chocolates, but I didn't put my name on them. And I sent mm-hmm. flowers, didn't put my name on it. And so I don't know how much she actually knows my interest. I have been sort of subtly throwing out the hints. Like... Each time we talk on like a Zoom or something, I'll I'll wear a button up, but one button will be unbuttoned each time. It's each one time button. you unbutton yes. another button? Yes. At this point, I will start a conversation and I'll be shirt wide open. And, you know, I'm just trying to, I don't know, subtly incept the idea that, you know, I'm not going to be on parole forever. Eventually, this isn't going to be inappropriate. Maybe, right. maybe give Clark a chance. Yeah. Uh, You're an innovator, a guerrilla marketer. I just, I think outside the box, you know? Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. That's very exciting. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate that. I'm excited to get into this week's episode. Are you you ready to... to... Oh, yes, as am I. All right. Well, let's uh, let's bring on our guest. Can you introduce yourself and, and let us know a little bit about yourself? My name is Diana Fountain. I am the... Expert on paper mache in the greater mid-Atlantic region in America. And I would say also probably the best one on the East Coast, but um, there's a few more that I have to tackle before I can take that title. So you are, can you clarify, are you an expert on mid-Atlantic paper mache or you're the The top expert within the mid-Atlantic region. I do a lot of... uh, expert witness testimony at trials, civil and criminal. So I, I, I have become very known in the community and you get known by your region, obviously. There's only so far you can travel for these trials. They're very exhausting to your body and your soul. So yes, I say the mid-Atlantic region because I can travel in any of the Delmarva area, Del- Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. I'll go in any of those regions. Wow. Well, I'm curious how long... I'm sorry, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I I was looking at a map. I'm a mi- unfamiliar with the Mid-Atlantic region and was not aware that Delaware was a state. That was the that was me doing research on my end. I'm, I'm curious, how long how long have you been doing uh, paper mache? Oh, uh, as long as I can remember. I was born into a paper mache family dynasty, actually. Um, and I, even though I was surrounded by it and seeped in it, uh, almost literally, I was always covered in glue. I didn't always know that I would stay with it, but it will never leave me. So I can never leave it. Uh, paper mache is a lifestyle. Listen, I don't want to get into your personal life and your personal history too early, but I have done a little bit of research. It is the second question you. you've asked. But... It is the second question, but I'm a, I'm a journalist, so I have to get into it. I found an article about your family, uh, your family's wealth, uh, independent wealth, uh, the kingpins of, of uh, paper mache, and it seems like you were maybe ousted from the family. Is that correct? Is that fair? That's... That is correct, but I, I believe the narrative has been spun a bit in their favor when, in fact, I was the one that was attempting to reform the family and the kingpin um, vibe, if you will. I wanted to pull an Abigail Disney and encourage us to redistribute the wealth. You know, we don't deserve this any more than anyone else. So I wanted us to just slice through that that wealth that we've built and just 
give it all away and they didn't like that. They were very threatened by that. But I will not shut up. I will not be silenced on this issue. Not about paper mache and not about generational wealth. I, I think you made an interesting choice of words there when you said sliced. In this article, it said that you came after your father with a paper mache sword. Well, yes. I mean, that was something we did all the time. That's what I mean by spinning things in their favor. I mean, why do you think there was a paper mache sword in the first place? Why do you think we were surrounded by all other kinds of weapons? There was a throwing star made of paper mache. There was a paper mache gun. But is anybody talking about that? No, because those were always around and we were always play fighting, okay? So then trying to spin it this time and say that I was wielding a paper mache sword, it's hogwash. It's hogwash. I hate to get too personal too, too early on into your this. Your first question. <laughs> well, my first one was uh, about your mid-Atlantic region. But I'm curious, uh, I did a little bit of research and it's interesting you bring up Abigail Disney. I do know that your family did try and start a, uh, in Maryland, a paper Maryland land, which was a paper mache amusement park in Maryland. And yes. In Carroll County, Maryland. Yes, in Carroll County, Maryland, paper Maryland, (laughs) Maryland. Paper Um, Maryland, how hard is that? This is why it never took off. Well, that's what I was curious about is, I know that you were against it from the start, um, and then it had sort of a soft opening and then never had a grand opening. So I was wondering if you could speak to uh, what prevented the opening and what uh, disagreements you had with the park. Oh, well, I'd love to be asked about that because that's another thing that they've spun in their favor, okay? Because what they did was say that I was against it from the start. No, I was for the park. I'm all for amusement and families and games. But the way that they were doing things was so inhumane. They weren't paying the workers enough. They weren't allowing them to unionize. I wouldn't cross the picket line. So they decided to spin it and make me look like the bad guy. So they sabotaged their own park to make everyone else look bad, including me. I'm with the people. I understand the people. I may be wealthy, but I, I'm gonna give it away. I've noticed a lot of, um, in the background, if you don't mind me commenting, I've noticed a lot of like, Fabergé uh, Marxist imagery. Yes, that's uh, that's my my partner's work, but I'm actually not supposed to talk about that. Uh, they're under a political um, persecution in certain countries for that art. So I I don't want to speak to it um, because I don't want to step on anyone's legal toes. You you did say that you're going to give it away and you famously have come out and said that you would give away 90% of your wealth at uh, your demise. Um, however, if I'm not mistaken, you're 104 years old, correct? And have yet to uh, give any of the money away. So uh, I forgive me, I'm not suggesting that your day is coming anytime soon, but it does not seem that your vast fortune you need to be holding on to every penny at this moment. Well, I don't know if that's any of your business or concern. Fair. What I do with my money is my business. Well, listen, we don't want to come down at you or, or come at you personal. We just, you know, we're, we're, we're journalists and we have to ask the, the hard questions. Um, if, if you don't mind, we'll get back to the case. Did you know Brian personally? Of course I knew Brian. Of course. Brian and I grew very close over the last, I would say, seven to eight years. And we had spent a lot of time together within the paper mache community. It's very small, though it is prosperous, it is small. Brian was very sweet. He was a very sweet gentleman. And he had hands that were built for paper mache. God knew what he was doing when he built those hands. What makes good paper mache hands? 
Well, they have to be smaller than average. <laughs> they have to be slightly smaller than average. They have to be shaped a bit like a child's hand. They have to retain the the shape of one, if you will. You understand what I mean by the shape changes completely. You can see that, right? So you want still that Euclid shape, um, but it has to be an adult hand. Children should not be doing table mache. They're not really reaching the full potential um, with what they're working with. This is getting into very advanced theory on paper mache, which I would be happy to dive into. I'm actually thinking about creating a podcast of my own uh, that goes into these topics. Um, so if you're interested in sponsoring, I would love to set up a meeting or a pitch. Are you asking money for, for from us? Well, you know, I, I, I just want to make sure that I have the support of the of the podcasting community and I can help you get an audience if you help me by supporting the show maybe financially financially yeah this seems a little uh suspect uh you are independently wealthy many times over i'm not independent i'm i'm relying on my family's wealth okay but you're still wealthy though (laughs) you still have a mansion you uh, are in a mansion but i'm going to give it away i'm with the people i understand the people okay yeah okay fine but like you can spend the money you have now and then give the rest of it away well i still need something to live on i still need to enjoy my life what do i not deserve to have you know vacations every month and and not having to worry about a single thing ever no yes i i deserve that I deserve that as much as the next person. I heard that you were investing in a papier-mâché SpaceX, a papier-mâché made ship to take us outside of Earth's orbit. I imagine that that was not cheap. No, but nothing truly innovative is. <laughs> and uh, as I mentioned before, it's 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 honestly just a natural continuation of the work that we were doing in the family with the papier-mâché weapons that we've developed. It's just a natural evolution of that, and it shouldn't be all that surprising to anyone. Okay, well, if Earwolf or... Headgum. Uh, who else did we... Headgum ever gets back to us. Oh, well, my family actually owns <laughs> a, a majority stakeholder position in Earwolf, so we might be able to assist you with then that. What do you need from us? <laughs> what are you looking for from us? Well, I just need some sponsor. Any podcast needs financial sponsorship. It has to be, you know, profitable for it to work. Otherwise, where is my time going? Something that I'm not going to get anything out of? I don't think so. I mean, to be fair, typically podcasts do not get a lot of financial support. There's very few that actually get sponsorships. That said... If I were you, I've obviously, I don't know your relationship with your family. You could literally just put your show on the network your family owns, and then the sponsorship deals would automatically come associated with that. I, I don't believe in nepotism. I believe in earning my own place in this world. I had to, I've done the work. That's why I'm with the people. Okay, so you knew Brian. Yes, Brian and I were lovers and friends. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is, that's quite shocking. Uh, when you say, Excuse me? when you say lovers, you mean? I mean lovers. What, how is that not? Based on our research, Ryan, Brian was deeply religious. We shared that trait. He described himself as a proud virgin. <laughs> on many occasions yes and that is part of what attracted me to him was his purity and his 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 ability to remain steadfast in his faith and i think that's what attracted him to me i am i was also a virgin when i met brian you've been a virgin for a hundred years <laughs> yes <laughs> I remain steadfast in my faith. I never married, and I don't believe in not. 
we both broke that vow <laughs> seven years ago. Can I? Okay. Listen, I appreciate your candor on this. Can I ask you, because you're both, you were both proud virgins, what drew you to each other? Our faith. We share that trait and we at first didn't recognize that it was a romantic feeling, but eventually we couldn't not acknowledge it. And I, I, I would like to think that we fell in love, but it was not that type of possessive love. It was just what it was. And it was beautiful. So both of you remained steadfast in your faith for your entire lives until you met each other. And then you, your attraction to each other's faith caused you to ab abandon your commitment to celibacy. Well, yes, I mean, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm just, I haven't talked about this with anyone. I, I'm sorry, what was the question again? I, uh, I was just clarifying that uh, two oh, right. proud you saying virgins. saying that I abandoned my faith. <laughs> I don't think of it so much as abandoning, as embracing something beautiful that made me happy. I think I made David happy. Who's David? <laughs> What's his name? Brian? <laughs> Can I be Listen. honest with you? Is there also a David? <laughs> Once you embrace happiness in one form, it's hard to turn away from it in other forms. And like I said, it was not a possessive love. There was no cheating involved. We were never exclusive to each other. That was, that was not it. So with Brian, you broke the seal, essentially, and then have found other lovers. Yes, yes. Um, I have found other lovers. I've never said it out loud, but yes, of course. <laughs> if I may, um, where were you and Brian? What On what terms were you when he went missing? Oh, we were on friendly terms. Um, I had just started seeing David. And I had let Brian know, and he was totally fine with it. Um, he expressed that he wasn't very happy about it, but he was very fine. And he, um, uh, he, de he did storm out that night, but other than that, everything was pretty much normal. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. What What was your reaction when he turned up missing? How did you feel? That must have. I mean, the the man you lost your virginity to. Um, well, that's not the only way I think of him. I'm sorry. How else do you think of him? I'm very sorry. Well, I think of those hands, and he's <laughs> making a paper mache picnic basket to. <laughs> take us to the lake for the day mm -hmm. so we can have a nooner in the outdoor sun. That is what I think of when I think of Brian. Mm. And I think of a dynamic religious man that was in the prime of his life and that was devoted to, to the people around him. That's really beautiful. But I also did not know, uh, I, I, I did not know he was missing until days in. No one notified me. Mm. No one told me. I was just living my life like anything, everything was fine. How did David feel about Brian? Well, honestly, I broke things off with David when, when Brian went missing. I just couldn't. He didn't understand our relationship and he didn't have the capacity to comfort me about him. So he was a coward and I had to let him go. And I don't have time for cowards. 
Whatever. You mentioned you have a partner right now, though, because they made the Marxist yeah. stuff. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's Darren. Darren is my partner, and they are very. Um, again, I'm I'm tri- in tricky legal territory for other reasons, um, exclusive, like mutually exclusive from the Fabergé um, situation. That quagmire is separate in and of itself, but I can't say much more than that. Okay, I understand. So what we know about Brian's disappearance, Brian uh, was at his apartment in the morning. It appears he had a lunch scheduled with his brother at the Rainforest Cafe. Um, I'm assuming he was going to get one of at least 15 delicious meals they have to offer. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, entrees, of course. I'm not talking about sides. That's too many to count at that point. Unlimited. Unlimited. Uh, It appears he... Stopped by, I don't know if you were aware, but Brian was um, secretly married before he went missing to a woman at a... He he was secretly married to me. He was secretly married to you? Wait, I'm sorry. What did you just say? There was someone else? Yes, uh, his neighbor. A woman named Marilyn. Marilyn? Did he ever bring up a Marilyn? Of course I know Marilyn. That's his next door neighbor. I, whenever we would go over there to make love, she was very <laughs> She was a very nosy woman. I never liked her. And I cannot believe that doesn't... He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't... No, that, there must be some mistake. He, we were married, so there's absolutely no way that he could have married her. We were married. Well, as far as we can tell, Brian was in some sort of uh unknowing or he'd started some sort of unknowing polygamous marriage because we have photos from their wedding and actually Marilyn was still married at the time so technically they were only i don't think they were legally married but they were yeah they did have a ceremony and exchange rings he said he didn't believe in rings conceptually or to give somebody a ring both okay of course both he didn't want to give me a ring and he didn't believe in rings. So I, ju- I actually meant like, did he, he did believe in the existence of rings though, right? He didn't get it. He didn't get why it was. A- why are we talking about rings? So I was just curious. Marilyn? Yes, Marilyn. What type of woman named Marilyn would move to Maryland? Technically it was in Tyson's Corner. For- well, the actually, have we established where his apartment was? Where his home was? I don't think so. Okay. Well, listen, I think there's probably a lot of people named Marilyn in Maryland. I've never met one. Well, you did. You just said you did. You met her. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I never trusted her. And then when she was nosy, and now you're telling me she was married to him? Married? Mm -hmm. Marilyn was married. I don't think so. I don't buy it. I think you're trying to pull something on me. I will not betray. Please do not call into question our journalistic ethics. Both of us what ethics? split a master class from Anderson Cooper. So I think that the two of us know a thing or two about journalism and ethics. How much did you pay for that class? I mean, the subscription allows you to get the entire masterclass series um and that was about 125 dollars, and we went halves on it from a guy who bought it originally we bought the class from him he spent 125 dollars. well that's pretty cheap then clark and i split 75 dollars and uh some out of print four locos to get that's nothing i mean that's like what the cost of a t-shirt <laughs> maybe yeah depending on where you buy the t-shirt but mostly t-shirts are around i don't know twenty dollars max usually yeah depending on what you're getting i'm definitely getting more expensive t-shirts than that i imagine so yeah, I don't mean to comment on what you're wearing, but it seems as if it is a di- diamond-encrusted T-shirt. But it's, it's made in America. And that's why it's so expensive, is because we pay our workers 
well. And I mean our because I am a shareholder. Again, what do you need money for? Well, none of it's liquid. You know, I may look wealthy to you, but there's not a lot of cash flow. You know, I'm not I'm not swimming in it. I'm actually probably poorer than you are. I, I, I'm honestly, uh, if you think about it, if you look at the balance sheet, technically, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not rich by any means. Did money ever come up between you and Brian? Oh, only when I would pay for things, but um, just inherently that's, that's going to come up. But no, other than that, no. He, he was not after my money. I Well, I you don't have any according you don't have much according to you. Well, I don't I would I don't know if I don't have much. <laughs> I am I am I'm pretty comfortable, I would say. Okay. Um we don't like to flaunt it. We're not gauche. But Brian was not after my money. Okay. David, maybe. But Brian, no. He was a kind man and a good soul. Is there anyone you'd think of, you can think of, who would want to see harm done to Brian? Off the top of my head, only Marilyn. I think Marilyn <laughs> is the one that did it. You just learned about <laughs> Marilyn. Well, it's just something I've been thinking a lot about. I thought I would bring it up since I knew this interview was coming and I figured, <laughs> why don't I bring up Marilyn and get the word out that she was the one that definitely did it. She definitely did it. I could see it in her eyes. Okay, well, we'll, we'll add it to the, the, the names of possible suspects, but... Add it to the spreadsheet. Yes, I know what a spreadsheet is. I know how to use a computer. We did not accuse you of the contrary to be fair well i knew the comment was coming because everybody assumes just because i'm 107 <laughs> that means that i can't work a laptop i'm not an idiot <laughs> can i i would like to ask a little bit uh part of so part of the reason we have focused on your finances a little bit is that there have been suggestions made that you have parlayed your knowledge of tactical paper mache into an underground arms business and that you may be dealing these paper mache weapons to maybe some nefarious people. Can you speak on that? I need to be careful with my words here. I mentioned before, my family is in the kingpin business. Take from that what you will. I also mentioned before that I have tried to reform that family business. Take from that what you will. I've also told you that they have tried to spin everything against me and for them. All I'm asking is for you to come into this story with an open mind and to not assume that rumors are the truth. Okay. I promise to come into the story with that uh, feeling. So go ahead. That's pretty much it. I mean, <laughs> okay. I can't say much more. I, 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 I told you that it's my family's business. It's not my business. I'm not doing it. I'm not implicated. Okay. I just want to be clear because people cannot see it at home. There is a map on your wall with X's uh, that I believe are targets to... Please don't stand up. Please don't stand up and block them. I'm just the... stretching. Uh, I'm an old person okay i need to stretch after a long time of sitting okay please please okay we can still see the map even if you are stretching in front of it and it and it says hit list and it has specific x's through targets and these targets seem to correlate to where there have been paper mache attacks please close your robe 
Stop opening your robe. That is not. That was not on purpose. My word, you are fit. Well, yes. I re- so many assumptions that people make, as if I'm not still a person, as if I don't still have a mind and thoughts and wants and dreams. Nobody yeah. assumed that you didn't. I just, you are shredded. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Diana. I apologize uh, if if it feels like we're coming down on you, um, but I just have yeah. to say you also are very defensive about things we're not de- uh, coming at you for. I just want to be clear: our concerns, at least my concern as a as a journalist, is getting to the root of the story. And if you are in some way implicated into some nefarious dealings maybe somebody would be trying to come back after you by getting to someone you love. Oh, I see. I see. So you're not saying that it was me that killed him. <sighs> not at all. Okay. All right. Because, you know, I, I just, because I could have, you know, I don't want to be, technically, technically I just want to know that I could have, you know, it's not like I wasn't able to. We... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't have a reason to. So, uh, ability aside. Well, you know, I'm very wealthy, and <laughs> and there could have been reasons. I don't think I should be completely off the table, but but no, no, I didn't do it. Good, great, Diana, great. Please, you don't have to implicate yourself <laughs> in this. It's good that we don't think it's you. Well, I just don't want to be excluded i don't want anyone to not consider me at all you know i'm still alive i could still do murder i understand you're a proud woman you 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 want to be taken seriously beyond just your age and your background that's we understand it's okay i I, i'm curious about your relationship with brian in so much as did you teach him about tactical paper mache brian didn't need to be taught necessarily he had an innate ability from the start it's something that's rare it's probably only present in about one in a hundred thousand men it's in one in every fifty thousand women and the statistics are even more blurred when you start getting onto the gender spectrum but <clears throat> brian had an innate ability that you didn't need to teach him so much as mold and i may have been somewhat responsible for his shift towards tactical versus peaceful paper mache but i don't think i had a large role in that i don't think it was an overpowering role that's just what I'm saying. You know, it wasn't my fault. Well, um, I found one of Brian's uh, old books where he would document the paper machets that he would make. You didn't tell me that. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm dropping. Uh, I'm <laughs> dropping bombs right now. Um, wow. Well, but the reason I bring it up is it starts. Uh, some of the early ones are like just balls he's just making a big paper mache ball or maybe a square maybe it's a triangle nothing really too important he made a couple forks for his home but what i Uh, I remember that i found that it it gets pretty it it escalates in terms of the aggressiveness Um, by the last page it appears he may have made a paper mache rocket launcher for self no that was actually a a dildo that we created together (laughs) oh okay i I, was looking at this wrong (laughs) that's surprising uh if anybody knows how to spot whether something is or is not a dildo i would say it's clark so (laughs) i'm shocked uh I'm shocked. As was I when I was presented with that dildo. I didn't ever <laughs> think that someone would understand me as much as Brian did. Yeah, you you have to admit, uh, maybe this was by intention. This does look like a rocket launcher, correct? I'm hoping- that was intentional. Okay. 
He knows of my love for space. <laughs> I told you I'm I'm creating paper mache space act. <laughs> and he knew, and he knew, and he understood me like no one ever has. And I I haven't fully processed that he's gone. I haven't fully let go of the idea that there is someone out there that sees me. That must be really hard for you. I would love it if you could find that dildo, if you could return it to me <laughs> at my estate. You want us to look for the dildo? <laughs> Just, you know, if you find it over the course of the investigation, I would love to, to have it back here at the mansion i would just i would feel better i think having it here when did i'm sorry did it go missing when did what happened to it well he had it brian had it so if it wasn't if it's not in his apartment then it must be involved in the crime it's not in his apartment clark and i were there for a while we would have seen a dildo well are you sure you didn't just think it was a rocket launcher I think we definitely would have noticed a rocket launcher, like probably yeah. more than the yeah. dildo. We would have paid attention to that, you know? Yeah. yeah nobody was... spots dildos quicker than Clark and nobody spots rocket launchers quicker than me. Yeah. Well, yeah we're notorious. We can affirm, <laughs> we can affirm that there bad. were no dildos nor rocket launchers in Brian's apartment. Well, if you recover it, <laughs> I would love to have it back. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Okay. We will we will happily uh, return that to you. He took it back when we broke up, and I hope he wasn't using it with Marilyn. <laughs> he did. Uh, as far as we know, all he made Marilyn was a giraffe head. Are you sure it wasn't you? Know. Actually, we don't know that it wasn't a dildo. It was described to us as a giraffe head. Yeah, we didn't see In some it. Circles. That's a nickname. For a dildo, but those are rather old circles from the 40s and 50s. Most of those have died out. <laughs> yeah, those circles have got to be closed, I would think. For sure, because it would be at this point more confusing <laughs> to say you got a draft's head. You know what I mean? Like, if you were, I guess if you were keeping it secret, you'd want to have a secretive name, but nowadays having a dildo is not that weird. No, uh, but we need to normalize it. It's absolutely healthy. No, I don't believe in kink shaming. I'm very sex positive, even if I'm relatively new to the sex game. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised you even heard of a giraffe's head in the 40s and 50s. Well, even though I was celibate, I was very faithful to my faith. I that doesn't mean I wasn't interested in the. BDSM scene, the kink uh, scene, right. the underground uh, sex and swingers clubs in whatever town I was in. Uh, it was always a fascination. It's fascinating. You you were so well. You were so exposed to all that stuff, and you you kept your virginity. That's pretty remarkable. I was steadfast in my faith until Brian. You can imagine what kind of man he was. Yes, but that's what it took. Tiny hands, very slender, from what we understand. Yes, a very small bottom. Like a child's hands. <laughs> to be clear, I would use the dildo on him. What do you want it back for? <laughs> I just want it with me. I just want it to be near me. I just feel like that would put to rest. You know, I, I, I can't bury him. Maybe if I buried the dildo... Maybe I would feel something like closure. Mm. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Honestly, seems as as valid as anything. You know. Can I ask? Because um, we we don't want to take up too much more of your time, but if you could say anything to Brian right now, what, what would you tell him? I think I would use the chance to tell him. Brian, I have had other lovers. I have had other lovers, but they have not been anywhere close to what we hmm. had together and what we experienced together. We experienced something 
extraterrestrial. I hope you're uh, I hope you're doing well up there in space. And do you think he's up in space? Yes, I mean if he's if he's passed away, I believe that the I believe that the soul goes to space. Is that why you are doing your own SpaceX as you want to get to heaven? Well, I've never thought of it in that way, but I I want to get to Brian. Well, um, Owen, do you have any other questions right now? I, I guess I'm just a little curious about where you see yourself going. What's going to happen next for you? Well... Hopefully the paper mache SpaceX project will be off the ground and running uh, in the next five to 10 years. That's the timeline we're staring down. Um, hopefully I will be on the first human mission into space heaven. And I will be making history, history. What about you guys? What are you planning on doing? Uh, that's a great question. I haven't thought about that. I would say probably I see myself pretty successful with like a book deal. Uh, maybe, you know how uh, Catfish was a movie and then they made it a TV show that went on too long? I could see that absolutely happening with this um, podcast becoming like a TV thing. You thought Catfish went on too long as a TV show? Yeah, I don't. Absolutely. We get it. We got it. It did not need that many episodes. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I'm learning about, I'm learning so much about you today, Clark. Are you looking up Catfish? Mm-hmm. You're checking how many seasons it was on? I believe there were eight. I think it's still going, I would hope. Season eight. That's, I mean, we get it. People lie to other people. That's fine. You'd be amazed, though. Even after eight seasons, people are still fooled and they're still catfishing, thinking that they'll get away with it. I think it speaks to the culture at large. Yeah. Owen, what do you think is going to happen in the future? Um, what do I think is going to happen in the future? Or what do I see for myself? Um, you know what? Honestly, what whichever you'd prefer. <laughs> Well, as you all know, you may not know this, but I think that the future, I think that people are underestimating arachnids and that we, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Eight-Legged Freaks. I haven't, but I have seen the cover of it. And I suspect that it is taking uh, what is a, wi a widely held belief on a subreddit um, that spiders are getting smarter and nobody's paying attention to them. Uh, so I believe that we'll have a <clears throat> spider war in the future. I'll be long dead though. And for my personal, what do I see personally? I see myself infiltrating and inheriting the Rainforest Cafe franchise. Oh, I'm actually a majority shareholder in the Rainforest. <laughs> oh you my are. God. Why weren't we talking about this the whole time? <laughs> well, we I didn't think love... it was relevant. Oh my God, when is it not relevant? Do you think you could maybe send us some gift certificates and some hats? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm not involved in the day-to-day -day workings of the business. <sighs> what? I don't think it'd be ethical. It feels like I would be bribing you as journalists. Absolutely. That's how you know that we're trustworthy. Every journalist has the line they're willing to cross. That's what makes them journalists. And ours is for the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, we can- Why don't I offer you a free app? If you ever come in, just drop my name, I'll give you a free app. I mean, wow. sold for me, sold for sure. For sure. Those onion wings they got there, so good. Oh, I would not eat the onion wings. Really? What's wrong with the onion wings? I don't know if I wanna know this. Getting into some tricky legal territory that I can't step on, but. Okay, Diana, you seem to be involved with a lot of lawsuits right now. Hey, that comes with being, a, I've got a target on my back. You know, that's what, it's hard having wealth. It's hard having so much money to manage and to, to just, everyone wants it. So 
it's it's exhausting hmm. all right well i guess until i know for sure what's wrong with the onion wings i probably will order those again um that's your mistake even if i know what's wrong with them i'll probably order them again listen diana you've been so helpful we really appreciate all the time if we need to can we reach back out to you and ask you some follow-up questions yes i'm available anytime uh, just speak with my assistant or my assistant's assistant and and they'll set up a time for you to come in mm. we can do this again um, i'm happy to help in any way possible as long as we can find what happened to to brian i i want to i want to know and if you find that dildo anywhere <laughs> i would also love that you're so much more animated when you bring up the dildo than you are when you bring up Brian. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Well, Brian, Brian and I had a connection, but the, the dildo brought it to a new level. So the, I have a special affection in my heart for that dildo. Okay. And that's the last I have to say about it. I'm that's sorry. the last thing you want to be said. That's what, those yes. are your final words. You have an affection for the dildo. Okay. They may be my final words. Well, now those were. Well, now those were. Okay. Yeah, I'll, ch- I'll cut you off right there. You don't have to. We get it. <laughs> well, Diana, thank you so much. Yeah, Diana, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Coming up on the next episode of True Deception, an improvised true crime. Uh, first of all, I am extremely angry that this information leaked. Yeah, I mean, we, we've done everything we can to help find them. All the preschools are looking. Why Polaroids? Why, why do you have Polaroids of Brian? I'm furious that you know any of this. He put his hand in his pocket when you're having this little uh, argument, and you immediately thought he was about to start masturbating. Yeah, that's my alibi. Now, my alibi, no idea. Artwork provided by Amelia Jane Murphy. You can follow her and purchase her work at amil underscore art on Instagram. Music provided by Kai Ingle. Please subscribe and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcast. It really helps the show. You can follow us and contribute at Deception Pod on Instagram and Twitter.